And we're recording. Happy days. Here we go. Happy days. How are you, Callum? Very well, thank you. Excited for episode three. Yeah, season two, episode three, oh, with the new <laughs> numbering structure, which is going to confuse me no end. So welcome, everybody, to the Dave and Callum Fitness Podcast. As it's when now, giants collide, don't forget giants collide. Where, uh, yeah, we decided that um, since Callum is, is he's passed his internship, he's now a permanent co-host to rename the podcast. So it's an absolute, well, you know, every time I do it, it's still, it's still an honor to be <laughs> collaborating with such a legend like yourself. So no, oh. I appreciate it. Yeah. Flat rate will only get you so far, mate. <laughs> hopefully more listeners. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, anyway yeah season two episode three um hope everybody's enjoying it so far um i hope the information is useful and as always if you have any questions get in touch with us either um via email um or via our social media which is always going to be in the show notes um and we will happily uh, add any questions to our list for the podcast in future episodes so awesome um yeah what are we talking about today well you know i think it's um when, when we do these podcasts we always kind of snowball ideas so these these two ideas two concepts that i picked up were from the previous podcast that we did which was episode two and we touched on uh the benefits of walking or any fitness professionals listening it's neat so non-exercise activity thermogenesis and we're basically going to go in and explain the benefits of walking without getting too sciencey, without getting over the top. And then we're going to touch on a little bit of calorie cycling and calorie banking to help complement the walking that you guys will all be doing after you've listened to this podcast. <laughs> if you aren't already doing that. <laughs> yes. Cool. So let's get into neat. Um, I think when it comes to fat loss and fitness generally kind of low level cardio and um, although it's like i mean i don't even really class it as cardio it's just movement but it's often overrated um and kind of not overrated underrated getting words around, around the right way Overlooked. it's often underrated for its, it's the the role that it plays in maintaining um or improving body composition um because it seems too simple it's too easy how can it possibly be that you just walk a wee bit more every day and you see better results. Um, the thing with NEAT is that if you're moderately active, it can account for around 25 to 30% of your daily calorie burn, which is a massive chunk of the amount of energy that your body consumes every day. Okay. Um, if you're taking that away, then that's a massive chunk of calories. If you're on, say, 2,000 calories a day to maintain your body weight and you take away 30% of that um, because you're not moving as much, or maybe even to take 20% away of that, so you cut it right down and you're only doing 1,000 steps a day, you're mostly sedentary, you're seated most of the day, um, and you lost 20% of those calorie burns, calories burnt, then you're losing out on 400 calories a day 
uh, or you have to reduce your intake by 400 calories a day just to maintain where you are. Um, so it makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on how you kind of explain its value to your clients, Cal. Well, I think it, I think what you touched on there is extremely valuable because at the end of the day, a lot it is overlooked and it's massively underrated as a fat loss tool. And one of the things, when you put it into kind of terms like that of 400 calories, what is 400 calories? What does that generally equate to? And when you say to somebody, that's your dinner or <laughs> your breakfast, they're like, whoa, I didn't realize that's what calories were or like mm. how many of them. So what I, what I tend to do when I'm speaking to clients about this, behind the scenes, we have uh, an academy portal and everything's in there kind of outlining the benefits of kind of non-exercise, activity, thermogenesis, walking, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'll leave it up to the, to the clients to, to come across that themselves, but in their client handbook that they get when they sign up, there's a huge section on that, which directs them to the total daily energy expenditure that we have spoken about in the past. Mm-hmm. And you kind of nailed it there. It's, you know, 20 to 35% of your total daily energy expenditures out through, through walking or through movement, like what I'm doing with my hands right now, what I, you know, fidgeting, it's all, it's all, you know, calories burn, energy being expended. And a lot of people to begin with think that to lose, to lose weight when they start any form of fitness journey is to focus on their workouts focus on the hard thing, focus on the hardest task first. And we briefly touched on kind of the minimum effective dosage before, but walking is literally it. You do that on uh, a daily basis. If you increase your energy levels on um, your daily energy expenditure on a daily basis, then you're going to notice massive decreases in body composition over our increases in a space of a month because you're moving more than what you've done before. Mm-hmm. So getting clients to, to adhere to that to begin with is a little bit challenging, which I'm sure you've experienced because all you're saying to them is, right, phase one, we're going to focus on making sure our habits are in check, our lifestyles in check. And what I'd like you to do for the first week is take your water, hydrate yourself daily, and walk between eight and 12,000 steps. And they're like, what? I've dropped X amount of cash on you to tell me that? I already knew that. Well, I was like, if you already knew that, why are we having this conversation? Yeah, why are you not doing it? Why are you not doing it? Yeah. Because they think it's too easy and too straightforward and too simple a resolution for what is a massive elephant in the room, which is their, their body composition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it can't be that easy. Yeah. And I think that's true right across the board. It's, you know, whether it's nutrition, whether it's training, whether it's walking more, sleeping more, there's nothing sexy about the basics. Like <laughs> nope. there really isn't. It's, but the people who get the best results are the people who absolutely nail the basics day in day out for as long as it takes um, and then keep them going once they've achieved their goals in order to maintain the progress that they've made because you can't go back to the lifestyle and the eating habits you had before once you get to your goal otherwise you end up just 
losing all that progress, but nobody really wants to focus in on the basics. Um, exactly. And when you explain, when you explain that to them, but also say um, what you mentioned at the beginning was if you, you know, it's 400 calories, roughly if you're on a 2000 calorie diet, so you're dropping down to, was it 1600? Yeah. Would you rather, I think the question is, would you rather eat 1600 calories or 2000 calories? Yeah. yeah. I'd rather eat 2000 calories and go out for a walk. Yeah. I don't want to come to the end of the day and go, oh, you know what? My wife is having a, a Mars bar or, you know, whatever dessert. I was like, I can't have that because I've hit my calories of 1600. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about making it as sustainable as possible. Yeah. And so how would how would you make it sustainable? How if I was to come to you and say, Dave, let's let's rock and roll with this. How do how do you fit walking into somebody's daily or weekly habit? Um, I think the biggest issue most people have is they think they have to do it all in one go. Like, yes. You have to go yeah. out and do a 10k walk. Or what is 10,000 steps? Is it 5k? It's it's roughly it's roughly 10k. I mean, probably we're going to get a few jokes about it. Oh, your guys are six foot plus. It's only 5k for you, but roughly it's uh, it's 10k. <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's 10k. Like, not many people a want to or b have the time to go for a 10k walk every day. Um, so the biggest one or the biggest tip that I give to people is to break it up. And especially if you're working at home now, whereas you used to work in the office in town or whatever, your commute's disappeared, okay? But you still have that time available to do a bit of walking. So it might be you get 15 minutes in before work. 15 minutes is about a mile. It's what, one and a half K? There's 1,500 steps done before you start work. Get yourself out at lunchtime. You know, get yourself away from the desk, get some lunch, get outside, get some fresh air, get some daylight, get, you know, if you've got a park or some trees or something nearby, you know, add that into it because that makes a massive difference. There's another 15 minutes, there's another one and a half thousand steps, there's you up to 3,000 steps already and you've not really tried that hard. You know, you have to, to, to kind of schedule it into your day perhaps, but you've not had to put that much effort in. And then do the same at night. You know, it's a good way to break the end of the, the work day and have that nice separation between that and your home life. You know, your family time, you know, your, your time to go work out, whatever. But go for a 15-minute walk after work. There's 45 minutes of work walking fitted into what your day would have looked like if you were in the office anyway, and you've nailed over half of the steps that you need to get through the day. Mm -hmm. um, and then other bits, you know, you could increase that gradually over time. Maybe start with 15 minutes now. A couple of weeks, add another five minutes to it. You know, you've increased your number of steps by a third over what you've been doing the first couple of weeks. Um, but also things like if you're taking a phone call, stand up to do it. If you're sitting at your desk, sit up straight, don't slouch. You're having to engage way more muscles to kind of get yourself sitting up tall and having good posture. So that's going to burn more calories. That counts as neat. Um, you know, if you're going out and about, take the stairs where you can instead of the lift or the escalator or whatever. Um, it's just little bits of opportunity where you can you can add in a few more steps. But I think the big one for most people is breaking it up into smaller chunks and fitting it into your day. 100%. <clears throat> Going for a 10K run takes an average of 50 to 
an hour and 15, 20 minutes in that range for a few people. And that's a run. So if they're trying to do a walk in 10,000 um, steps or 10K, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer. And nobody's expecting anybody to commit that amount of time at the end of the day just to try and get 10K in. Yeah. So your, your approach is relatively similar to, to what I kind of direct clients towards, and that's to split it up throughout the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, even you'd be amazed at how many times you can actually get steps in by going down and popping the kettle on, you know, just like walking around the house. You mentioned a good one of standing up when you're on the phone. Take it the next step, stand up and walk around the house whilst on the phone. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you know all, these, all these things matter and it's the easiest thing that you can do. It costs you nothing. Yeah. It doesn't even cost time. It just becomes second nature. And the amount of kind of clarity and stress relief, et cetera, that it has. And often your best ideas are ideas away from the computer in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're struggling with something, an Excel spreadsheet or writing documents or whatnot, and you're just completely bored at <laughs> your mind, go out and get, you know, go for a walk, come back. Nine times out of 10, you're refreshed and good to go. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I use with clients um, is, is two things. If 10,000 steps or whatever sounds too, too big of a target, like chances are you're not doing anywhere near that now. So yeah. you've got a couple of options. Either go for smaller first target. So maybe it's 6,000. Um, but what I would do in that case is I would give you a range to hit. And anywhere in that range is a win. Okay. So it might be six to eight thousand steps to begin with. Then it might be eight to ten thousand steps. Um, and if you get eight thousand steps every day, that's still a win. But if you can then increase that slightly within the range, you might be two days where you get ten thousand, the rest of the days you get eight. That is still a win. You know, it's still more than what you were doing, it's more achievable. Um, and you you don't have that sense of failure if you don't hit it. Um, you're also going to find yourself not pacing up and down the living room at nine o'clock at night just to get that last thousand steps in. Yeah, we've all <laughs> been there at one point, right? <laughs> um, and then the other thing is if the step thing does feel too intimidating, make it time-based. Don't make it steps-based. Like one of the challenges I've got for one of my clients is to get out for two 20-minute walks every day. And that is 40 minutes more activity than she was doing previously. Um, and she'll still see a big improvement in her results just by implementing the time target rather than the steps target. So, yeah, time targets are great. I mean, it's however you look at it, it's whatever the approach works for the individual. And I think that's, you know, one of the most important aspects when dealing with clients from a variety of backgrounds and a variety of experience and fitness levels. Like, 10,000 steps for, for me, it, you know, in a one is okay, I can, I can, I can manage that. But um, to somebody who's brand new to, to movement and brand new to exercise may struggle with that. So yeah, absolutely. Nail it on a range, nail it on time as well. Doesn't, you know, I think those, those points are extremely, um, extremely valid and will help a lot of people most importantly, and just to show that it is achievable no matter who you are or where you are. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got pavement. Everybody's got a field. Everybody's got a park you can go to. Even even better, go to a coffee shop. Walk there, get a take of coffee and walk back. Give yourself some sort of incentive as well to go out and do it. 
Yeah, borrow somebody's dog, borrow your neighbor's dog, and just say, "Look, I'm going to go out for a walk. Can I t- can I walk your dog?" Yeah. There's so many things that you can do, and it's just it's overcoming that unawareness, so to speak, or self doubt, or you're doing this for a lifestyle, right? Yeah, you're doing this to improve yourself. So how are you going to do that? It's not a quick fix. You're right. It's not a quick fix. So many people approach it as a quick fix and mm-hmm. expect instantaneous results, but understand that, you know, you're trying to improve your, your heart as well. You're trying to lower your stress levels. You're trying to lower your blood pressure and resting heart rate. You're not just trying to, to lose weight. You know, that is the byproduct of improving your lifestyle overall. Yes. And, you know, we can chat about this until the cows come home, but you know, I saw I saw a post the other day, and um, maybe we can turn this into it's slightly controversial. So I want to kind of screw, um, screw the nail, screw, turn the nail, turn the screw in a little bit here. Um, but it was a a caption, a meme of saying, um, "Fat did not make me diabetic, or being overweight did not give me diabetes." Right. Uh-huh. But caveat to that is being overweight most likely did give that individual type 2 diabetes Mm. with a poor lifestyle with poor movement with not being active enough it's a completely different story for type 1 as we know but for type 2 diabetes that generally comes from lack of everything to do with your health and lifestyle Mm -hmm. so there are health risks as well to those who are not moving as much as they potentially should because it's the heart, it's everything else mm-hmm. that builds up with internal fat that is not seen by the, by the eye. So we look at the exterior and go, we just want to lose, look good on the outside. Mm-hmm. Let's look good on the inside as well. Yeah, And we could probably talk about that in another podcast about the kind of overweight um, correlation with health issues because i think uh that'd be quite a deep one to go into <laughs> but filled with minefield <laughs> time being it is a minefield and yeah. i think let's move on from that but walking is so beneficial on so many different levels yeah. just just touched on that point there, there's a lot of research that um has now been translated into doctors prescribing walking yeah to treat a number of diseases um, with great success so um but yeah that's maybe one we can get into for a another sort of longer podcast because there's a, a a ton of information in there uh, yeah we, there is yeah but purely from a fat loss standpoint walking more makes a massive difference to your calorie output which means that you get a bigger calorie input and are still able to make progress so if you're not already doing some kind of steps or walking or time-based like movement challenge, uh, not, not even a challenge, just habit. Um, today's a good day to start it. Yeah. So, right. Well, it's, not, it's never manana, manana. It's always act now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that works really well. Sometimes not. Yeah. <laughs> and we've all been on the, um, the, uh, the negative side of that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I did that maybe 30 seconds ago with my uh, little outreach of <laughs> who knows it's, it's but, a um, good point but um, 
it's a point that people you know also have to be aware of as well yeah yeah absolutely but you've got a, a second guest host behind you yes he's just come in and he's sitting on my feet right now keeping nice. them nice and warm when it's 20 odd degrees inside <laughs> it's just what you need right um let's talk calories callum yeah yeah calories are good i like calories i, calorie I always go with, uh, calorie banking yeah yeah i always like to to say to people the whole point of anything is to eat as many calories as possible whilst mm -hmm. maintaining a calorie deficit if the goal is weight loss yep a lot of people will look at reducing it down to 1200 or a thousand and say things aren't working the body's not losing any fat i'm not losing any weight because the calories are too low so when we look at or when i look at getting people on the right path to weight loss success it's always telling or saying over and over again eat as many calories as you can to give you the energy whilst maintaining a calorie deficit yeah but calorie banking is something that we all kind of do but maybe are unaware of how we go about doing it mm -hmm. so calorie banking or calorie cycling is literally what it says on the tin if your daily calories are 2000 calories a day mm -hmm. I get all my all my clients to multiply that by seven to give them their weekly calorie allowance, which is 14,000. Mm -hmm. So they will be quite happy if they're eating 14,000 calories within a week. They're still in a calorie deficit. They're still able to do what they need to do. And the chances of them putting on weight during that period is probably going to be slim, right? Sure. But if they say to me, Callum, I've got uh, a wedding or I've got an event or I've got dinner out with the friends, family, etc. at the weekend, what do I do? Or how can I go about managing my, my meal or, man or entering that into my fitness pal or whatever? Nine times out of 10, I want them to go and enjoy it. Go out with your family, go out with your friends and don't be that person that's ordering a salad or don't be that person that's just kind of feeling the need to cut back because of what you're currently doing. Because in my opinion, nobody I train is wanting to step on stage in a bikini model competition or a swimsuit competition, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter to me if they're going out, go and enjoy yourself because it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But generally I will say we need to look at some form of calorie banking or calorie cycling. So all I will do then is cut off with explaining to them just like I'm doing to you guys now a couple hundred calories per day on the run-up to that meal so if they're on 2000 let's knock it down to 1800 mm -hmm. that gives them an extra thousand calories on a Saturday to play with whilst they're out for the meal mm -hmm. and they can go and enjoy their meal have a few glasses of wine have a couple of beers and not be over their 14,000 that we spoke about earlier mm -hmm. for the week and that's a very basic way of explaining what calorie banking is. And calorie cycling is pretty much the same, in my opinion. Oh, it's exactly the same. Um, it's just potato, potato, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, taking that one step further, if 2,000 calories is a calorie deficit, chances are maintenance is somewhere around 2,002, 2,003. Exactly. So you've yeah. got a wee bit more room to play with. And on average, you're still going to be in a deficit. Um, yeah. It's not something you want to do often because you're going to slow progress right down. But 
you do have a bit of a window there. Um, and it's actually, it, I had one client who, and a lot of clients were the same in that Monday to Friday or Monday to Friday morning, their days are very, very similar. Yeah. So it becomes very easy to kind of cut calories down on those days because they're, they're just the same. But you get to Friday afternoon, you've maybe got pizza night. You've maybe got, um, maybe you're going to the cinema on Saturday um, where you want to get some popcorn and stuff like that. Um, maybe you're going out for coffee or whatever with your friends. Um, so you use all those calories that you, you, you've banked Monday to Friday morning and you spread them out over the weekend. So, yeah, it gives you a bit, a bit more flexibility to, to play with. I think that whole point you mentioned as well about kind of being in a calorie maintenance, a lot of people, a lot of PTs, a lot of coaches potentially overlook that um, to begin with because the individual wants to go to kind of almost like an aggressive um, weight loss phase. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I do. I, I put the majority of my clients to begin with into the maintenance because the chances of them are their lifestyles, they're actually eating or overeating or overconsuming too much in the first place. Mm-hmm. So rather than kind of completely shock the body and the system, let's put you into maintenance whilst increasing your meat, like we spoke about at the beginning. Yeah. But the whole point of this calorie banking stuff mm-hmm. is to have that flexibility, isn't it? Is to allow kind of lifestyle to improve. Because nobody, like, We've, we've been out for lunch and dinner with uh, with coaches in the past and everybody's like, oh, I wouldn't have extra sauce with it or I wouldn't have a bowl of chips. And people turn around and look at us and we're like <laughs> double packed with like double chips, double onion rings, double sticks. <laughs> we're like, yeah, it's fine, right? Because yeah. doing that every so often is is fine, is great. In fact, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing comes down to what is going to make it sustainable for you as an individual and it's not you don't have to hit the same numbers every single day and i think what people forget is that not every day is going to be exactly the same you might have work days where you know like i say monday to friday morning they're very similar you have the same breakfast you have a similar type of lunch you have your afternoon snack you have a similar type of dinner but your calories in calories out are pretty similar based on what you're doing on those days you get to the weekend those days are going to be quite different potentially to what you've done and if you're trying to do the same thing on those days yes some people might be able to to manage it but chances are you won't have a bit more flexibility so you have to be able to kind of move calories around as and where you need them and it might be you know if you're working shifts that's another example of where you would want to have a bit more flexibility with your calories and because it's not going to be the same every day you know you're going to be changing your shift pattern maybe every three or four days um or maybe you're going out with dinner with you know a client from work on a wednesday so you shift more calories into your wednesday to make allowance for that but then you get back on to a, a slightly lower calorie allowance tuesday thursday friday you know it's it's exactly. around what you need and that can be work-based, it can be family-based, it could also be training-based. You know, if you're training hard, you're going to want more calories on those training days to help you fuel and recover and perform well. Um, and on your non-training days, you maybe cut the calories back a wee bit, still allowing for good recovery, but understanding that most of your calories have gone into training days. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's ways, it's ways, again, it kind of boils down to the overall goal of the individual, what the individual is like in the first place, if they want to adhere to it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many different approaches to calorie banking and tracking and cycling. And um, yeah, you know, if people over overeat on those certain days and fine, you know, yeah. generally allowed, you can get away with 20 to 30% more at times. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the week but obviously just don't make that uh, make that a long-term habit yes that's yeah. the whole reason you're with us in the first place but when it comes to i've got a question for you actually when it comes to your clients mm-hmm. um, or people in general so i've taken both approaches i've taken the this is your total calories for the week mm-hmm. go and enjoy or mm-hmm. depending on the individual and depending on what their goals are i've gone this is your training these are your training days have mm-hmm. 2400 and these are your um, non-training days, your rest days have 1,600, for example. Um, have you found working with the people that you work with any benefit to one or the other? Or just is it all dependent on the individual? It's all dependent on the individual. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I only have maybe 25% of my clients actually count calories. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't like that process or they've gone through that process and established um, a better awareness around food. So they're more able to judge it and they use a portion control method instead. Um, and they maybe go back and check in with the calorie count and every now and again. But for those who do it, um, it's whatever is right for the individual. And, and that only comes from having a discussion with that person. Like totally. what's working for you, what's not working for you, where are you struggling, what's working well. Um, and it's helping them kind of navigate that whole process to get them away from calorie counting, ideally, um, as quick as we can. And, and some clients that happens quickly, some it doesn't. Um, but just touching back onto one point you mentioned about, you know, nights out and stuff. It's I would much rather have a client go out, massively overeat on a night out and have a great night out, but get back on track the next day, than sort of kind of have a good night but resent yeah. it and then overeat subsequent days. Yeah. Nobody should ever feel guilty for enjoying themselves. No, God, no. And, and right. food is more about, it's, it's about more than a pure energy in versus energy out. 100%. It's, it's social, it's family, it's, it's cultural, it's all of these things which are massively important and a lot of people forget about that side of thing. Um, there is a balance to be had. Like mm-hmm. you might have to cut down on some foods that you like. You know, like we said the podcast, I think it was, you know, instead of having a donut every day, it's maybe a donut every three days, or whatever your donut might be. Um, but it's about integrating all these things into your lifestyle to make it better, not to make it more restrictive. Right. Yeah. Cut down, don't cut out. Yeah. Is the the magic pill to that solution and also our jobs and your fitness journey in general should complement your lifestyle not complicate it yeah and whilst we are all guilty of looking at the fact that i need to do more to get the result the chances are you need to actually do less better yeah yeah it's getting back to focusing on the basics again exactly 90% of clients that we see 
just need to do the basics more consistently before they start worrying about fancy training protocols, extreme diets, supplements, you know, whatever else you want to throw in there. It's it's getting the basics right first. And then once you've exhausted all the potential from that, which is a huge amount, then then you start looking at slightly more uh, exotic options. Exotic. <laughs> I was I was trying to, I was searching for a word there. Exotic's the one that popped into my head. Brain wasn't working fast enough. Exotic. But yeah, I think um, I also I also want to point and um, just mention as well that guys, we the pair of us aren't perfect. You know, we're we're coming from a place of experience. We're coming from a place where it's worked for us in the past. We tried and tested methods with our clients, with ourselves. We will not tell you to do anything that we have not done ourselves. And I think when it comes to keeping with the basics, the basics do fundamentally rule the roost. You look at any sports star, any kind of famous personality, whoever you want to idolize or look up to, they do the basics day in, day out, repetitively, over and over and over again until they get to where they want to be. Nothing's fancy. Think of many CVs people put out to get their dream job. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So we're exactly the same. You know, we sometimes laugh when we, when we meet up in person about we need to um, get back to the basics to help, you know, fundamentally grow our business and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We are always, we're the same as you. We're looking for these fancy objects, aren't we, Dave? We're looking for something that's going to kind of instantaneously get us a result. But we laugh because... We're contradicting at times the information that we tell our clients. And we're like, we are essentially the same, you know, just at different points in our life and different points of our journey. But even with so, training, we make those same mistakes. We're looking for the next exactly magical approach. We're looking for, for the next best thing. And you know, 90% of the results that, results that both of us have gotten and our clients have gotten have come from nailing the basics. Nailing the basics and general progressive overload which we will talk about in another podcast. In a future episode. There's something to quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. We covered, we covered it there, didn't we? Kind of smashed we that one. I think that's a, a good place to wrap that one up. Absolutely. Happy days. 40 pounds for the weekend. Getting your steps in, obviously. Yeah, 100% steps in. And take some time to chill. I'm heading down south catch with a friend that's that's about it that's about it cool right that's us for today folks um have a great week have a great weekend when it rolls around we'll be back next tuesday um and as always if you can go leave a rating leave a review wherever you get your podcasts it helps us out massively um and we'll be forever in your debt all right take it easy see you later take care